Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, music team and praise team. The book of Mark chapter 1, also later from Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. Mark chapter 1, verse 39. I want to say I'm so honored to have my, my good friend, my neighbors, David and Kristen and Danica Downing. We're so glad that they're here today. Thank you all so much for coming. Great people. They come today to honor our first responders with us. Again, following the ceremony, following the service, we're going to have... Um, just a great moment honoring our flag. And so we want you all to be a part of that. And I say to our first responders, I wish our whole congregation could be here, but we have two services on Sunday morning trying to be safe, especially in a, in a pandemic that we've experienced. And they were here at nine this morning. They wish they could be here. And I think many of them are coming for the ceremony afterwards. Mark 1, verse 39. How many love his word? Amen. Amen. And he preached in their synagogue, speaking of Jesus, throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved, Jesus moved with compassion. Everybody say moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was clean, cleansed. Another verse in Acts tells us that, that he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. And there's a, there's a movie about that verse. It's called The Passion of the Christ. How many have ever seen that? Uh, very powerful movie. Mel Gibson put it on, but Passion, compassion. And I've learned that it's, it's hard to operate effectively with no emotion. But to be effective, we've got to have emotion. And I'd like to talk today about the valve of emotion. The valve of emotion. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I ask you today to bless your word, our time in your word, to be a blessing, Lord, to everyone that's in the building today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. You may be seated. The famous verse that we hear among all of Christianity, probably the number one verse of all time is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Today I will be more transparent with you my uh, with my own story to make the point. But 2004, Cindy and I moved here uh, with a passion in our heart, a burden in our spirit to try to make a difference in a community where we didn't know anyone. We came here, it wasn't long after we got here that, that Cindy gave birth to our first child, Lakin. And uh, that's 17 years ago, hard, hard to believe. 
And uh, I love this community and I have no plans on going anywhere. Amen. I love Zanesville. How many love this city? Amen. We were traveling at that time like you, uh, Brother White, and we were traveling and ministering in churches, different parts of the country. And, but there was something in me that wanted to help people that I didn't know. I, I, to, to go and as David raised up mighty men out of the, the, the gutter, mighty men out of a place that was a burden in me as a youth pastor was to find somebody that was fatherless, find somebody that was hopeless, somebody that had been cast aside because of things outside their circumstance and get into their life, talk God to them and see their life changed. And one of those people that was faceless at that time when we moved here, two of those are here right now. There's more, but, but Danny and Krista, would you, would you stand? He was in a gang when I moved to this community and his his now wife was in a home where addiction had ravished the home and left them without furniture and chaos and suicide and all kinds of mess. But they came to the Lord, gave their life to God, and now Danny is a preacher and he's an engineer and she's an occupational therapist now and we're thankful that God brought them out. Amen. God brought them out. My motive was to help people. My motive was to help people that were hurting. And during that time, we started going to the county jail and preaching and there was a team of us would go and still do. But I became the chaplain at the juvenile jail. And when I went there, I saw some of the most amazing kids that were locked up there. And, and uh, I could tell you stories all day long. They began to unfold their family dynamics to me. And, and I remember there was a moment that God had moved in there and there were 22 kids that signed up there that wanted to sit down and talk with me. There was a moment of hope that moved in there that was beyond this country boy from West Virginia. They had felt something. They felt hope in that moment. And I sat down with them and it forever changed my life. I have the most amazing parents and, and my brother and I were raised in a, in a great dynamic home. But uh, uh, they began to un, un, unravel the story of their life and how they lived. Truth of the matter is, I cried every single day for three years. I didn't know people lived that way. I didn't know there was hurts like that. I had never seen anything like that. And um, uh, I'll never forget on a plane ride somewhere, I ended up set, set beside a social worker and he, he made this statement to me. We was just talking about what do you do, where are you from, typical conversation. I was telling him, well, I'm a youth pastor and do some work in juvenile jail and, and on and on. He said, be careful not to get burnt out. And uh, I'm like, oh, I can never get burnt out. I, I can never find that. There's, there's this passion. And uh, uh, the elder was wiser than the young man, I'm gonna say, say the least. Because if you reach long enough and hard enough and you don't see the results that you wanna see, there is a mechanism, there is a coping mechanism that we have. Instead of dealing with the disappointment, even somewhat dealing with the pain, we have this ability, all of us do, no matter what it is in our life, to reach up and there's this thing in our life, there's a valve in our life that we have the ability to turn off. It's a valve called emotion. I've seen it in young people that the chaos, the abuse in their lives, even as children, I've seen it in their lives that when I meet them, they've got scars from here to here. They've got fresh cut marks. And when you get to the deep part of it, you'll find that they are doing this because they are numb and they will even hurt themselves just to feel something. Why? Because of the pain, the agony, the chaos in their life, how they were raised. They reach up and they turn the valve off because they do not want to feel emotion. 
I'll never forget walking to the juvenile jail one day. And when I walked in there, they, they, uh, um, JDC, I walked in, they said, uh, Aaron, if you don't mind, we got a, we got a girl that's out of control. She's fighting every single one of us people, every security officer we had. And they said, would you mind to sit down and talk to her? It's okay, we're gonna lock you in a room, just you and her, video cameras, nobody be around you. That was my first thought. You know, where am I gonna get help from? She's whipping me, you know. And uh, I sit down with her. And I said, I don't remember her name now. Uh, and I sit down with her and, and I'm sitting across the table from this person I do not know. And she's just, she's crying. She's upset. She's every emotion. That, that you could think at some level of disappointment. And she's sitting there and finally, I'm trying to bring hope to this young lady. And I'm talking to her and she says, uh, I finally said, I said, God wants to make you better. I never dreamt the response I was gonna get. She said, I don't want better. I said, uh, um, I've never heard that. Why don't you want better? She said, because I've never had better. She said, I've messed up again. I've, I've been kicked up, finally had a foster care, a foster care home that, that, that I loved and I ran away and here I am and now I can't go back and it's one thing after another. And what had happened in her, in, in her life though, she had turned off a valve of emotion to have absolutely no hope in her future. I want to say to you that that is someone that's come through chaos. That's somebody that's come through dysfunction, that they have learned how to cope by just not feeling anything at all. In uh, 2013, I, I, I experienced something in, physically in my body. I had uh, uh, been out of balance, doing too much and traveling too much. I developed a blood clot in my, in my body and that blood clot broke off at 35 years old, it broke off and went to my brain. When it hit my brain, I went numb on the right side of my body for 13 hours. Genesis rushed me to Riverside Hospital to a neurologist to try to see what was wrong. And I learned that if we're not careful, there are things in your life that can make you go numb. And what I'm preaching to you today and saying to you, it is possible to try to go through life with no emotion. I'm talking about a physical condition that I literally couldn't feel the right side of my body. I, I couldn't feel it. Uh, I could move it, but I couldn't feel it. They, they diagnosed it as a, as a TIA, later learned how to blood clotting, uh, um, uh, genetic blood clotting disorder, and that's, that's what it was and what had happened, and it could have been more severe. But what I'm saying to you today, it is possible, though, that what I've experienced in the physical, I later experienced in my spirit, my emotion. I went through burnout. I went through disappointment as someone trying to make a difference and I'm just using personal parallel because what I understand about first responders is they have to deal with tragedy all the time. They see it every day. The disappointment of repeat offenders that you hope, you encourage, you counsel and they're back again, you see them again. Or show up the accident and someone, someone has just been destroyed in a car accident. And you look at things that we would turn our eye from. We would turn our ear from. We don't wanna hear, and they can't. They have to deal with that. I'll never forget showing up at an accident when the family called me and, and Michelle and her daughter Courtney had been instantly killed on a car wreck. I was supposed to meet her at, 10, at, at, at noon and at 10. Jackie, you're here today. You came to the office crying. You said, you're not gonna believe it. 
Well, she said, Michelle was just killed in a car wreck. They, the families want you to go. And Cody, you were with me. And Nehemiah, you were with me. And, and we ran down there. And, and there was a head-on collision down off of 22. And I ran down there. And I could see them in the car. That's not something you want to see every day. And you don't have to. You can live your life. You can go about what you do. But they have to brace for that. They have to go to that. And what I'm saying to every social worker in the building, everybody trying to make a difference in a life, that if we're not careful, and I say to our police department, our EMS, our fire department, and one, I sit down with the chief one time, I said, what's one of the na- number one things that first responders deal with? He said, emotionless, PTSD. We can talk about people that come back from the war. The only way to cope with the tragedy, the only way to cope with it is to reach up and turn off the valve so you don't have to feel anything. It's not just first responders. Many of you have dealt with that. The loss of a spouse, the loss of a baby, the loss of something in your life. Instead of coping with it, you reach up and turn the valve, because, turn the valve off because the grief is so painful. I look and I see people here right now that you're here and you buried your child this week. We've had people to bury family members this week. And I want to say to you, that's not how God intends us to deal with this. God doesn't intend for us to cope by turning off the emotion. Because the emotion in your life only has one valve. If you turn your emotion off, you turn your emotion off. I got a valve here somewhere I keep turning it, don't I? But you keep turning the if you turn the valve off, guess what? You become emotionless to things that really do matter. In 2011, I experienced that in my own life, a level of burnout, trying to reach people, going to jails and preaching, going to juvenile jail and preaching. We had people going to different places. And I experienced after the loss of a child, when I had to stand there under a blue tent on a gray day with rain and we had to bury a, a baby that was born premature that rocked our world and disappointed my wife and I, I found myself for over a year, I'd reached up somehow Brother Archer and I turned the valve off. I couldn't feel God. I'm the preacher. I couldn't feel God. My, mo- my motivation was gone. My kids would come and climb up on my lap like they do at night, my, my, my young kids, and, and I couldn't feel them. I couldn't feel my wife, and I didn't understand what I was doing except I was coping with things that were painful by turning it off. And sometimes in life, Uh, We got to realize that we can either keep it turned off and go through life numb or we can somehow have an experience where God helps us to cope with things that are tragic, things that are beyond us and God can give us strength and compassion again. I realize that I'm dealing with passionate people that are here. You are here and Jamie Baker, 30 years that you've been doing what you're doing, 30 years in that Sheriff Lutz that is here today, so honored that you're here, sir. I honor you. But the things that you've been doing and even the story of your father, what the price he paid to go through this and dealing with that as a boy, I can't imagine that. But my prayer today is this, is that God will allow you to operate in the manner as we've seen it in Jesus Christ, to stay moved by compassion. That's what got them into this. And that's what we're believing. They're gonna stay in this. How many believe? Hey, we pray. Our church prays for angels to be with them. We pray that God's gonna be with them. But I'm gonna talk about something that's in them. 
You know what the Bible says? He's the peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know what I want to see happen? When they're rushing into something, they're going to feel a strength that's beyond them. Amen. Not just protecting them. Not just being with them, but the emotion of that. It was, it was February, I believe it was 2012, you were with me. It was my greatest single miracle. I was born crippled and God healed my crippled feet. I was. I was born crippled. My feet were like this. My legs and my feet were twisted. And they took me to church one night. They laid hands on me. And when they said, in the name of Jesus, I'd already been diagnosed. The braces had been ordered. But God straightened my crippled feet on a Wednesday night prayer meeting at church. That's a miracle. That's amazing. But my single greatest miracle is when I was standing beside you in Alexandria, Louisiana. And I lifted my hands after a man talked about faith. And I hadn't felt hardly anything in over a year. Anybody ever been there where you're numb? I am. I lifted my hands and in one moment, it felt like the valve opened and God poured every single thing into me and filled me up. It was like the psalmist said, my cup runneth over. I could cry again. I could love again. Won't mean anything to you, but I wanted to go hunting again. Amen. Want to go fishing again. Want to get up again. And we do not understand until you work with tragedy or you had a tragedy, what I'm preaching. But there is a valve of peace. There's a valve of joy. There's a valve of expression that could come in your. I don't want to ever get to a place in my life where I can't feel my wife again, my family again. PTSD, that is what it is. It is a place where emotions are turned out. We have a man that his wife attended here and he went in the military. He did several tours, but when he came out, the problems in the marriage were simple. It was this, I can't feel, I have no emotion I can't express. But we're believing for every first responder to have a renewedness. I'm not saying they're compassionless. I don't want to be misunderstood. I know some of them. They are passionate about what they do. But if we're not careful, the chaos is, Mr. Archer, is this right? What I'm, what I'm saying, you were a, you were a patrolman to the patrolman. You retired from that. And, uh, but what I'm saying is I'm praying that when they get up in the morning, there is joy in their heart, peace in your spirit, happiness when you go home, you can share the love. I believe we can push that back and that they can be renewed. And that's my prayer. That's the word that I feel. Can you say amen? The Bible says he was moved by what? Compassion. I have been healed. I can cry again. I can care again. I can feel again and believe again. Let's all stand. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was what? Everybody say bruised. On Wednesday nights, on Wednesday nights, we've been doing a journey through grief because we've had to bury a lot of people last year, this year. I know everybody's immediately the question, well, was it COVID? There were some, but few of that. But when there's loss, there's what? There's grief. We've offered to the community many years a, a, a grief share people that come from all over to be ministered to, to get through that loss of that, that situation. And on Wednesday nights, we've been doing that. 
Last Wednesday we started, we're going for four weeks in a row, talking about how to get through grief. And the, the, the message is, you can get through things that you'll never get over. And I say to our first responders, there's some things you all can't unsee. I can only imagine. There's some things that you can't unhear. That's what they told me when they, a friend of mine was going to go to Haiti. He said, where are we going? He said, you can't unsee it. The way it is. There's some things you can't unsee. Cindy's grandfather, Cindy's grandfather had served the World War II and I believe it was Iwo Jima where he was. At the later end of his years, God was dealing with him and I went down and one day he opened up to me and told things that he never told. He had buried it. Because how, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? I don't have the answer. Except I do know there's one that I can bear everything to. The Bible says, cast all of your care on him for he careth for you. Greatest miracle of my life is when God healed my emotions. I feel like I'm turning on a water spigot here, you know. Y'all picture that? Turn that back on and begin to pour through me to others, to my wife, to my kids. And I feel healed here today. There are so many not represented, represented but not here. I'd like to see something happen in a great way in this community to where the emotion of love and joy and peace could be poured out in this city like never before. How many going to pray with me that's going to happen? Again, I say thank you because I know you care. Thank you because you do what you do. You risk your lives in an environment that we haven't seen in many years like we've seen the last few. Thank you. And this moment, we'd like to just pray for you that God's hand would be upon you all in everything you do. Anybody feel God in here? Peace, peace. Wonderful peace. Let's bow our heads. Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Let's sing it. Sweep over my One more time. Oh, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless Let's all pray. Lord, we pray right now.
We pray for protection with our sheriff's department, our city policemen. We pray that you would dispatch angels to them as they are dispatched all corners of our county and community. We pray for our patrolmen, God, that these departments will work hand in hand like never before to see a difference made. God, those they reach and they see again. Lord, I pray there will be a moving on them, a touching on their lives. I pray our fire departments, oh God, our local and city, I pray that you would move in their lives. Let there be angels as they run into these houses making instantaneous decisions. Let them walk in your wisdom. Let them walk in your guidance. Let your name be upon this city. Lord, to be more protected, preserved than ever before. Thank you, God, for what they do. Our EMS, God, our ambulance services that carry the need from home to hospital. Transporting broken people. Millisecond decisions that got to be made. I pray that, Lord, you would clear the path and make a way. Let there be healing in those moments, direction in those moments. But God, today, I pray that every single one of these represented here today, Lord, to have compassion in their heart, renewed love, to be able to feel in their family, to begin to feel in their marriages, to begin to feel, Lord, with their children, God, the love, the emotion that brought them into that family again and again and again. We thank you, God. Now I pray that, Lord, you're going to bless them. I pray that, Lord, you're going to bless their minds, to be clear. I'm asking you, Lord, to bless their finances, to be abundant. I pray you will pour a blessing on them that they can't contain. I pray that, God, their days off can be enjoyed without the things that they can't unsee, without the things they can't unhear. And somehow you put blinders on their eyes in those days things in their ears, God, so they can continue to enjoy every vacation, every weekend away. And I pray that there's going to be a touch of your spirit that walks with them every step. We value you today, almighty God, for we feel you in this building. You are our strength. You are the source of our life. You're the joy that we feel. You're the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and say you can smile again. You can be happy again. Praise God. How many are thankful for the joy of the Lord and the strength that we feel? When I was a kid, they sang this song in the children's church. said, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. You remember that? I'm so happy, 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 happy. Look at your neighbors. I'm so happy, 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 happy. Amen. You can be happy again. Joy again. Aren't we again honored that they're here? They're going to lead us out in just a minute. God bless you all. Thank you. We're going to have, we're going to have them, Pastor uh, Cody, I think, go down the center aisle. And then we can follow them out. We're going to gather around the flag. We're going to honor the flag today. God bless all of you. Thank you for being here.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.